Hi everyone again, welcome back to our Holy Spirit series looking at the fruit of the Spirit and today we're looking at the fruit of faithfulness. Now let's remember that all the fruit displayed in the fruit of the Spirit are the characteristics of God himself. You know, it's, it's easy for us to bring the focus on us um, and say, well, I need to be more loving, I need to be more joyful, I need to be more peaceful, patient, kind, etc., and we start striving to produce these virtues in our life apart from the life of God in us. And that's completely wrong. This is the life of God produced in us by the Holy Spirit that reveals the very life of Christ who is the manifestation of God himself. And so to try to work these fruit out in the flesh, it's wrong, it doesn't work. And it's really the reason for the failure of religion in general when we try in our own efforts to produce righteousness. But Jesus said in John chapter 15, bearing fruit comes from life in the vine. He said, I am the vine and it is by abiding in me and drawing off the very life of the vine, which is the life of God himself, that you will bear fruit for the glory of the Father. It's through abiding and dwelling in his life. So when we look at the fruit of faithfulness, what we have to say, first of all, is that God is faithful. He is faithfulness itself. It's his faithfulness that will cause us to be faithful. It is his faithfulness that will cause us to overcome. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 says, No temptation or test has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In the midst of whatever hand life has dealt us, we can depend on God to be faithful. He can be trusted at all times, no matter what the circumstances are that we're experiencing. See, God's faithfulness actually supports and strengthens the other fruit of the Spirit. Think about it for a moment. God is faithful in his love. He is relentless in his love. His love never lets go of us. It chases us down. He, he is faithful in his peace toward us that is beyond comprehension. He's faithful in patience. He's faithful in his kindness and goodness. He's faithful in gentleness and he's faithful in self-control. He is relentlessly faithful at all times. His faithfulness never changes. First Thessalonians 5 verse 24 says, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. It's because of God's faithfulness that we can rely on him. We can count on him. He's always going to be these faithfully, no matter what our response is to him. He's always going to be love. He's always going to be peace. He's always going to be patience. And 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says, this is remarkable to me, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Have you ever been faithless? Do you ever feel that your faith will fail you? That your faith has grown weak? Do you ever cry out, I believe, but help my unbelief? A.W. Tozer who said, human unbelief cannot alter the character of God. 
When we are unbelieving and faithless, he remains faithful because he is the faithful one. John Calvin said God is always like himself. (laughs) He's always faithful toward us because he is faithfulness himself in all his characteristics. J. Gresham Mackin said, God is the most obligated being that there is. He is obligated by his own nature. He has to be faithful to us because he is faithfulness personified. He is always going to be love, whatever state we're in. He's always going to be peace to us, whatever's troubling us. He's always going to be patient toward us, even when we continually fail him. And we can go through all these fruit, kindness, goodness, gentle. He's always going to be these things because he is true to himself. He is like himself. He never changes. Theologians call this the immutability of God. God might change our circumstances, but our circumstances can never change God. Think about that. What are you going through right now? For human beings, change is impossible to escape, but change is impossible to God. He always remains the same. No one was more faithful than Jesus, who of course expresses the the, the heart of God. He is God in human flesh incarnate. Now how did he overcome? How did he overcome the adversities, the opposition? How did he overcome the sorrows? How did he overcome the temptation? Well, if you think of that, first of all, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3, you remember it says, when the tempter came to him, Satan said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And we know that in the previous chapter of Matthew, Matthew 3, 17, When Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What was Satan doing in his temptation of Jesus to turn stones into bread? He was actually casting doubt and attacking the identity of Jesus Christ, not just as the Son of God, but as the beloved Son of God. You'll note that he dropped out that designation of Jesus as being beloved Son. If you're the son of God, he said. He didn't say if you're the beloved son of God. Only if you're the son of God. Does God really love you? Does God really take care of you? Does God really protect you? Is God really faithful to you? And the reason why Jesus overcame Satan's temptation was he knew who God was for him. He knew that God was his father and he knew who he was to God. He was his son and he was his beloved son. And can I say to you, that's how you're going to overcome temptation. That's how you're going to overcome all the trials and tribulations of this life. Knowing who Father God is to you and how he loves you as a son or a daughter. How you're his beloved. And I believe that we see this again in John 13. As Jesus is coming near the end of his ministry and about to go to the cross. It says there in verse 1. John 13, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knew that his hour had come to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. 
So that's something that he was very aware of. But what else was he aware of in that darkest of hours? It says, supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing, here's what else he knows, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself and then he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And that was actually foreshadowing the cross as he he took off his garment in heaven and was incarnated into, into flesh to serve mankind by dying for him. As he pours the water into the, the basin and he washes the disciples' feet, it's just like he poured his own soul out at the cross in his precious blood to wash our sins away. How was he able to do this? How was he able to endure the cross? It was because he knew who his father was. He knew who he was toward his father and he knew that his father had given all things into his hands and everything was going to be all right. God was his father and he was his beloved son and God had a plan for him. How can we be faithful to God? Of course, it's a virtue that we are encouraged in the Bible to develop Well done, good and faithful servant is the commendation that all of us want to hear one day in that last day. But how can we cultivate faithfulness? Listen, it's only through an appreciation of of who Father God is for us. Who he is toward us. How he is toward us. And who we are as his children. and What is ours as his sons and daughters. You see, listen, this is the key. His faithfulness cultivates faithfulness in us. And that means we need to be free from all striving, from all working in the energy of the flesh or even our souls to have more faith or to be more faithful toward God. That will all disappear and melt away when we rest in his faithfulness toward us. You see, it's the way he is in his faithfulness that inspires us to be like him, to be faithful. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So whenever we witness great faithfulness, saying a hero of the faith toward us, whether they're living or in history, Don't think to yourself, boy, they had great tenacity, great spiritual strength, vigor and fortitude. No, that's a mistake to think that way. But realize that what they had to have to be faithful was a true appreciation of God's great faithfulness to them. It was J. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary, who said, All God's giants have been weak men and women who did great things for God because they counted on his faithfulness. They were all weak men and women, but they did great things for God because they they had faith in his faithfulness. Francis Ridley Havergale, the hymn writer, talked about the impact that, I quote her, a very average life can have 
when once really consecrated to God, it may outweigh that of almost any number of merely professing Christians. She goes on to say, Such lives are like Gideon's 300, carrying not even the ordinary weapons of war, but only trumpets and lamps and empty pitchers, by whom the Lord wrought great deliverance, while he did not use the others at all. For he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. The fruit of faithfulness is faithfulness to God. It is faithfulness to God's people. It is being a person that is reliable. But that only comes by realising that you know your Father and that He is the ultimate reliable one. That's the only way that you can be faithful to God and and really be faithful to others. F.B. Meyer the, the, the Bible commentator and Christian writer used to sign many of his letters like this, yours to count on, F.B. Meyer. And you know, that is the way God signs his love letters to us as his sons and daughters. Your Abba, Father, yours to count on. Yours faithfully, Abba God. Serving God through the years, through temptations and through trials. It doesn't come from human strength or natural ability. But it only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit because it comes from the very life of God himself. And if you want a life of faithfulness, or as Eugene Peterson calls it in his book, a long obedience in the same direction. If you want your life to be a long obedience in the same direction, you need to start to get overwhelmed by the faithfulness of God your Father. Celebrate his faithfulness day by day. Rehearse it to others. Praise him for his faithfulness. Pray upon the standing spot and rock of God's faithfulness, knowing his promises are sure. As you go through the the pains and, and the perplexities and the paradoxes of life, It is taking your stand on the faithfulness of God that will get you through not just just surviving but thriving through his faithfulness and therefore as a result becoming faithful to him and faithful to others. I love the hymn by Ada Habersham which has um, become popularised recently. Um, through uh, perhaps a new tune when I fear my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast when the tempter would prevail he will hold me fast I could never keep my hold he must hold me fast for my love is often cold he must hold me fast I am precious in his sight he will hold me fast those he saves are his delight He will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. Christ will hold me fast. Bought by him at such a cost. 
He will hold me fast. And then the refrain, He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Saviour loves me so. He will hold me fast. Father, we thank you that you are faithful even when we are faithless at times and unbelieving. And I pray for those who are listening to me who are struggling right now to believe in you, to hold on to you because the circumstances that they're living appear to be so contrary to your heart for them. And yet, Lord, whatever our circumstances are, help us to know by your grace, by a strengthening of your Holy Spirit that you are faithful unto the end. And because you are faithful unto the end, we can be faithful to the end as well. We can persevere to the end when we know your faithfulness. We can be faithful towards others that we're serving and loving because you are the faithful one. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness in going to the cross and dying for us. For the joy that was set before you, you were able to endure the cross because you knew Father was faithful to come through for you and would raise you from the dead. And we bless you that you set your face as a flint to go to Jerusalem to die for us. But it was through your confidence in the Father. We thank you. Holy Spirit, would you cultivate in all of our hearts through Father's faithfulness, and the Son's faithfulness. Would you cultivate faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness in all our lives. For the glory of God alone we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you again next time.